welcome to welcome. another edition of Seven Days to Rock and Stone Guardians. Uh, today Rock we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk a little bit about comic books. Do a little comic book Friday. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna let my uh, my colleague, who has a little more knowledge as well as uh, well dedication to the comic book scene, take over from here. Ryan. Uh, hey hey hey. So um, yeah, very avid comic book reader for Marvel and some independent comic books. Um, I don't read everything, obviously. That'd be very expensive. Uh, but I read a couple of the major things, uh, mostly X-Men, uh, Avengers. I grab the number ones uh, for new interesting things. And I've been reading the Star Wars High Republic books. Um, but I thought we could start out with just a little, uh, like... Talk about uh, what movie uh, would you think would be the best if you replaced one of the characters with a Muppet, but only one. I'm sorry, what was that? You want to? You want? To I want to know. I would like to know which movie you think would be the most entertaining if they changed one character to a Muppet, just one. And this is, uh, I assume this challenge has something to do with the fact that you, they're unaware it's a Muppet. Completely unaware. Right. They will never mention that that character is a Muppet. They will never acknowledge it. Neither the Muppet nor the human characters. It'll be, the only people who will know is the audience. Sort of like Cousin Skeeter. We're in a Cousin Skeeter this. Do you remember that show? Uh, no. That was no, a show on Nickelodeon where Cousin Skeeter was essentially a puppet. And I don't think anyone acknowledged it from anything that I remember. I haven't watched it in a very long time. But no one ever acknowledged the fact that they, they he was a puppet. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like essentially the exact same uh, premise. So we're going to Cousin Skeeter this bitch. Oh yeah, Cousin Skeeter it all over the place. All right. <laughs> Well, I'm going to let you start while I think about that, because obviously you've gone over this in your head. I mean, there's so many good ones. I, I, I have a couple different ideas. So uh, I think, you know, it could be something like, you know, really major, like uh, replacing Tom Hanks' character in Saving Private Ryan. Well, let's go. With, yeah, let's go I'm even deeper on this one. Let's let's start with a let's start with like a, a not so well-known movie that you love. And a, and a well-known movie that you love. Okay. Well, the well-known, I'm, I'm going to go Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks' character is the Muppet. Tom, Tom, just... Tom Hanks' character is the Muppet. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it, it would be kind of like, oh, haha, at, at first. And then as you got deeper into the movie... It'd be like nobody's, nobody's gonna say anything, because the the movie is very it's a very serious movie, and like to have the main one of the main characters be a Muppet, I think would be a really interesting departure. I think it'd be really bizarre. It also play really well into the twist at the end, because right, if, right. if I remember correctly, that one starts off with what we think is Tom Hanks's character. Looking over the grave of Private Ryan, and right. then the twist. Spoiler for everyone there. 
twist at the end is it was oh. actually it was <laughs> Private Ryan. Alert. Yeah, it was Private Ryan looking after Captain whatever his name is. I don't remember. Yeah, it would spoil that a little bit, but I think uh, the journey is probably uh, better than the conclusion as far as that like twist goes. I mean, it would be kind of they'd have to do it completely different because they they. They start with his eyes, and then they just fade into Tom Hanks's eyes, and you just assume that that character is the same. Right. <laughs> that, that would be one hell of a transition. That would be a weird transition from from human to puppet instead of. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe he became a real person. Old you know? Matt Damon to Tom Hanks, young Tom Hanks. Do you want to mention the fact that, you're, that, bitch. that your wife uh, has a vendetta against Fat Tom Hanks? Uh, she does hate Fat Tom Hanks. Um, so when does I the era the, does the era cut off? Do you know? Because I don't remember. Um, I think she said it was the the spy with red shoes. I think is what it was. When when was that? Uh, that's I think right after Big. Right after Big. So Forrest Gump is totally cut off right there. Yeah, yeah. What? She doesn't hate, she doesn't hate Forrest Gump. But she hates pretty much everything that comes after it. Okay, so let's say Forrest Gump's really the cutoff marker there. Like, what was he in next? What was the big thing? Wasn't the Island movie? Yeah, yeah, it was Castaway. Castaway, that's the one. That was probably his yeah. big... I think she just has, like, a thing against the title of that movie, too. Like, Cast Away. Like, he's being thrown away. I think she's I, got I, a vendetta I against it. volleyballs, to tell you the truth. I don't know what she thinks about Wilson, but she does hate Fat Tom Hanks. So, so the era of when she broke away from the Tom Hanks train, America's Dad, God love, uh, was somewhere between Forrest Gump and Castaway. Yeah, everything before that, she is fine. Totally fine with him. Totally but, fine. Uh, everything after... No. <laughs> it, hate it. Just, just, just absolutely detests him. The Da Vinci yes. Code was, was the final straw where she was like, fuck him, I hate him. I think it was Captain Phillips. Honestly. Captain Phillips? That far in? Jeez. Well, she, yeah. <laughs> she hates Fat Tom Hanks. She hates him. All right. Do you have an, in, do you have an indie movie? An indie movie? Um, Not necessarily indie, but yes. lesser known kind of movie. I do. Um, there is a John Waters film called Cecil Be Demented. Oh, yes. Uh, I've seen that used to be on think... TBS all the time. Didn't it? Yeah, it, 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 those kind of movies definitely play like late at night. TBS, uh, AMC, like dead, dead of the night, midnight or later. Um, I remember it playing all the time. And it show up on Comedy Central too every once in a while. Probably. That's really surprising because there are very graphic moments in it. They're I not believe like, it was probably cut very badly. It's, it's well, I mean, it's yeah, it's not like it's not X-rated. Like all the stuff is like you don't actually see it happening, but it's like just gore. It's yeah, heavily it's... implied. There's not even gore. It's heavily like implied that this happened. Um, and then they I've use like sound effects and stuff to make it like even even more. But it has uh, it has Stephen Dorff and Maggie Gyllenhaal in that it one. It sure does. It sure does. It's, I don't even remember Maggie Gyllenhaal being in that one, but I remember the movie. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's a wild ride. It's all about like you know corporate corporate Hollywood and like the inability to get like small movies out there, and you know that the public doesn't even really want to see the small movies, and it's just like a, a raving thing. It's like like all John Waters films are just like extreme. Um, but I think uh, replacing Cecil B. Demented with a Muppet would be great. Be a really great addition to that movie. But which character? It wouldn't. Cecil B. Demented. That's his okay. Character. So okay. Stephen I'm, I'm just making Stephen sure Dorf. that that was where you yeah. were going with it. Just wanted to yeah, make yeah. sure it was the main character you were going to switch. With. That would be yeah, yeah. really crazy. It would be hard yeah, to I take it seriously. Great. At that. Point. Well, I mean. It's already so extreme that I think it is hard to already take it like seriously because it's not a serious movie. It's was, very tongue in cheek. Well, I mean the I mean the serious parts. It would be hard to take them seriously because you're all of a sudden you've got this muppet that's threatening people. I mean, yes, it would be great <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. On that same note, I think I would replace a major serial killer in one of the movies with a puppet Ooh, which one i would oh my god so many good choices but if i had to take a really good guess i would say i would switch hannibal lecter with a muppet <laughs> which film though uh silence of the lambs okay yeah that i mean it that sounds like just like saving private ryan where like it it's so serious at points that like You'd be turning to other people in the theater, and be like, "You're seeing this, right? Like, this is happening. <laughs> this is a this is a this is a puppet, and you people like are, you people have it uh, tied down. Are we supposed to be taking this seriously? <laughs> and you just like the whole audience would be confused. <laughs> that would be great because then he does be the whole fun. thing. That would be a Muppet, and that would be fucking hilarious. That or, it would that or uh, Buffalo Bill. In that movie. Either one of those two. <laughs> it would really would be, break the tension. It would really make a lot more sense, actually, for the character of Buffalo Bill. If right. he wanted people's skin. Because he's Oh a my puppet. god. There that we would go. be so great. Yeah, there we're switching go. it. We're switching with Buffalo Bill. I'm, I'm sp- Can you imagine that scene where they're down oh. in the pit? And he's just screaming at them. It puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> And it's a fucking like, Muppet. Like the motivation makes more sense. It's like, oh my god, I can, I can uh, attach myself to this character. I can sympathize because with I Buffalo get Bill. it. Oh my oh. gosh, that's great. Uh, that was good. That was pretty funny. Yeah. What about your your indie pick? My indie pick, probably one that people haven't seen in a long time, is uh, a comedy film with Kelsey Grammer. Uh, down Periscope. Oh, nice. That used to be hey, on TNT, Kelsey Grammer's I think, character? I don't know if it would be Kelsey Grammer's character or maybe one of the background characters. You know what? I'd probably switch Rob Schneider out with Muppet in that character. Oh, that, that, that would fit. Yeah, that would That'd fit. be pretty funny because he sits in there and dicks around and messes with people. Like the whole... There's a whole scene in there where he yells at the chef because there's a fingernail in his food. And um, <laughs> that would be pretty funny. He's already shorter <laughs> than that guy. He would be even shorter as a Muppet. 
and he'd still be yelling about fingernails and food, and it would just... I'd, I'd consider that a cult classic at that point. Not that, that I don't already consider that one a cult classic. It's a great movie. <laughs> It'd be so great. On that note, uh, the last one I have to talk about for that is uh, I feel like there has to be a scene where uh, there's just like a background character that's a Muppet that you only see once. And you never see again, like you, like a background character that uh, just shows, a, shows up for like ten, shows for one scene, less than ten seconds. So less than okay, so a less than thirty second kind of character, yeah. like uh, but a memorable. You know, um, oh fuck it, I got it, I got it already. Okay, okay, Happy Gilmore, the dude who just shows up and shakes his head the whole time. Switch with the Muppet. He's in there. He's in that whole movie for less than two or three minutes. You see where I would go with that? I would just do the um, I would do seven, oh, and I would fuck. do the librarian. It's they're just a purely background character. They don't interact with uh, anyone. Um, anyone, and you see them maybe once or twice in the movie, and just to have it pan past, and there just be this like Muppet librarian there, and they're talking about like yeah, a severely obese man dying. It's it's would be. So great. Tailor made for a Muppet is what you're saying. Yes. Tailor made for a Muppet. I get you. Tailor made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. I know yeah. that I know the guy interacts with one person the entire time. The main character. But at the same time he doesn't do a whole lot of interaction. He doesn't say a lot. He gets what, like one line the whole movie? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. That guy was a professional golfer, if I recall correctly. Oh, nice. Like, he was an actual professional golfer. And I think after the movie was over and he watched it, he said he never would have agreed had he known where the character was going. (laughs) If he knew he was going to have to set aside time for, like, every movie just to do, like, one or two lines and just be in the background of scenes. (laughs) I mean, we already know. like, ah... We already know Bob Barker was replaced with a with a doll at some point. Right. Or right, they just right. drained all of his blood and put it into the wheel. <laughs> that's what they I do. Mean, I mean that's it's required. I mean he's he'd been dead for years before Drew Carey took over. That's how he <laughs> powered <it. laughs> They were like, We can't keep this up. The smell is getting to people. <laughs> The wheel is running out of power. The wheel doesn't have enough blood. We need another sacrifice. You know what? Drew Carey doesn't seem like he's been doing a whole lot. We'll take him. Yeah. (laughs) It needs his life force. (laughs) That's pretty good. That was was fun. Yeah. yeah, That was a good time. Yeah. We got to think of some prompts. Yes. What is... uh, What's the comic book you want to talk about? Because I've got one. That I have started. I'm not much of a comic book guy, but I use my my Google Rewards stuff to to grab comic books every so often. What's the what's the comic book you want to talk about? Nice. Uh, well, I want to talk about uh, a small series from uh, Boom Studios. So Boom Studios is a relatively new comic book uh, studio. They're not 
as old experiences like Image or Dark Horse, DC, Marvel. So we're going super, um, super indie on this one? No, this one isn't quite super indie. So Boom is still more um, experienced than like Vault, which is uh, much smaller. Um, Boom has like notable series, but they're, um, you know, they're not Marvel level. So, so Power Rangers yeah. Universe is one of the current I'm sorry. ongoing Power Ranger books. Seriously? Yeah. Son of a gun. I love Power <laughs> Rangers. Power Rangers is my shit. We were just talking about this. You absolutely movie. need to uh, read some of the books that are coming out of Boom 4 Power Rangers. Um, this particular one is exploring what they call the Morphin Masters. So uh, I guess people who are... Now, what generation uh, of Power Rangers are we talking about? Because honestly, they they stopped interesting me shortly after Turbo. As far as the books go, um, they have established the like Morphin universe as like a multiverse. So not only are there like these different groups that exist in the same universe, there are different versions of them from across the multiverse. So um, you've got like your classic Power Rangers, you've got Zeo, you've got um, Dino Power, I think is one of them. Galaxy. There were a few. Uh, and then like dino ones that, ones. yeah, Dino ones that, you know, they're ones that also that never appeared in any uh, of the shows too. Mm. So this particular series is a six book series um, about the Morphin Masters who are kind of like not the origin of that power because they talk about that power as being um, a specific dimension outside of real space and like so what, where the, we're at in the, the morphing grid yes okay so where we're at with that in book three is that uh there's supposing that the morphin grid is this real dimension that you can access physically and uh, it's kind of like it it's kind of like be. where they went with the speed force in um in the flash series yes uh, it's its own and force that it of the universe could be like gravity or something like that I the mean. origin and sustaining power of life in that universe um, so but they haven't gone that far that's cool beyond supposing it um, in the first book uh, it's like way back in the past and there's a, a dude in like a, a white power ranger suit uh, testing this gateway and so he goes into the gateway, something happens, and he has to shut the gateway off from inside the Morphin Grid. And then it cuts back to what it says now. And uh, it, they're talking about evacuation, getting off their planet through um, a major gateway to the grid. They're calling it the Ascendance. And what happens is this, they're going through trying to uh, get their stuff ready to go. They get to, like, just outside of the area where that gateway is. And uh, they power up the gate early. And as soon as they power up the gate, uh, these meteors start raining down on the city. But obviously, it's Power Rangers, so they are not meteors. They are monsters. 
Um, Who's the main villain in this particular series? So uh, they uh, eventually get to calling the force that's working against them as Dark Spectre. Now, Dark Spectre uh, was brought about in uh, an earlier series uh, this year that had Power Rangers acting as like enforcers for this other villain. Um, like uh, they had captured their coin and were splitting the power. Um, it saw like the death of major characters. It saw another major character being uh, kind of like controlled, mind controlled. Um, okay. And then there's a whole nother like little series off of that character. Uh, I really, really highly recommend going into those. So that one of those is Ranger Slayer, and then I don't have other books in front of me. So um, just look into the like the Boom Power Rangers books for those. But this one's developing nicely, and it's it's really interesting because it seems like these these Morphin Masters, where they know about this power and everything, don't really know about like the suits and. Like the weapons and everything, it's more like they understand the base power versus like what it's used for. Hmm. That's very interesting. I didn't even know that they were doing Power Rangers comics anymore. I know yeah. that they're considering rebooting the entire franchise in, in, in the movies. Well, I you know, personally, um I didn't hate the more recent movie. It wasn't as good as it could have been. It wasn't great. But it was you know better it was, than expected. I suppose. It was entertaining, you know. I was entertained. Yeah, and I am fairly certain that they are going to have uh another another set of movies, probably with a whole new cast. Because oh, that, yeah. mo- that movie is five years old already. Yeah, no, I mean they're not gonna pass up on a, a quick buck. They're gonna rehash a new or an old idea before they pick up something new yeah exactly um, they're going to come up with something good hopefully. speaking of something new uh on hbo max literally yesterday they released uh the first couple episodes for the dmz series on hbo max dmz is a comic book from i believe image um from brian wood it's really good it's uh set in the island of Manhattan, which is now a demilitarized zone, uh, following, um, uh, like a second American Civil War, and it kind of details that early in the books, and then it follows this uh, reporter named uh, I think it's Maddie Roth, and uh, a medic who goes by Z um, in the show that's on HBO Max, it's following Z right now. Um, I've only watched the first episode, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's pretty decent. I would say it would have been nicer to see a little bit more information about what's going on before they dived into it, but I kind of understand what they're doing because they want it to be more about the character than what's happening around them. And they're, So it's the character and how they're interacting with the world versus what's happening in the world. Wow. Um, but is, it's pretty this good. Is all, this is a series on HBO Max, right? Yeah. So, I mean, speaking so of far. HBO Max, interestingly enough, Discovery Plus was purchased by them. 
They oh. bought Discovery and all of its assets. So uh, they said they've already announced that they will be working with Discovery to mint or uh, merge together HBO Max and Discovery Plus and all of their assets. So that's good because so. they need to reduce the number of streaming services because the, the purpose of them was to, you know, get out of those cable contracts. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I, I have a, I'm going to have a Google, I'm going to buy myself Chromecast with Google TV so I can have them all in one. Yeah, I think I'm going to get a, a Roku. Small area. Um, yeah. And Netflix is also testing a crackdown on sharing passwords in uh, Chile, Peru, and there was another country that they were testing it in. So anybody they catch with a profile that's being used outside of the normal IP address, I guess is going to be charged $3. Huh. So that's $3 a month extra, which I find to be a little bit ridiculous, but... Yeah, we'll see if they get away with it. The, the, <coughs> the problem is, like, you buy the... Why would you buy the four screen anymore? Like, right. you clearly buy the four screen in order to give it to someone who's not going to be at that house all the time. Right. Like, what about the kids who go off to college for eight months out of the year? They're not allowed to use it. They have to buy a whole yeah. new thing. Oh, but we're only going to charge them $3. I'm like, why? I bought four screens for a reason. Yeah. Because so I'm not using all four at my house at once. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to buy the two screen instead. And then I'll save a dollar or something if I decide to add another profile or something like that. But what the hell? Come on, yeah. guys. I don't think they're really thinking that whole thing through. I think they're people are going to find a way around anyway. But, right. Or they'll just discontinue for a little bit and go to like Hulu or HBO Max and just ignore it. Yeah. Like some people I know have been have been switching back and forth between streaming services. There's well, yeah, a, I mean, a nice like, blog I online that goes over that. I don't remember some people name. like they'll just do like Disney Plus when the series drops, or after it's finished releasing episodes, watch it, hold it for that month, and then just discontinue. Yeah, what are you gonna do? And like, yeah, it still gives them like what the thirteen bucks or whatever for the month, but that's not the twelve months they could have gotten from that person. I mean, realistically, they. It's probably closer to three months that they'd have to pay for for a, because Netflix usually has what ten episode series, and they drop uh, if they dropped them weekly, yeah. it would be a three month thing. Well, yeah, but like I know people who have waited until the series is completely released before they get the the membership for the month. Yeah, but I'm saying for the people who decide that they're going to just buy it and hold on to it so they can watch it weekly. And then watch whatever yeah. they want in the, in the meantime. I mean, I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting the Disney bundle through Verizon Wireless, so I, I, I don't really care. Well, yeah, I mean, same thing for me. HBO Max is through my AT&T contract, so oh, it's nice. basically free for me. Nice, nice, uh, nice. But anyways, moving anyway. on to the next title. Yeah. Uh, so same thing from Boom Studios. Uh, there's a great series that is written... Uh, by Keanu Reeves and uh, I'm sorry. I think... Keanu Reeves, everyone's favorite yep. uncle. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is involved with uh, Matt 
Kint, Ron Garney, and Bill Crabtree. Uh, the series is called Berserker. It focuses on the characters modeled after Keanu Reeves. Um, the Berserker, who is supposed to be like as old as humanity. He, he doesn't know why he has these powers. He doesn't know where they come from. He only knows that uh, when they come upon him, he must kill things. He must. Um, like it, it seizes control of him and he just does whatever he has to. Um, so the, the series is focused on like a, a series of strikes because uh, he's, he's begun working with this group um, like science strike American strike force thing. Like he, he's like, uh, I'll fight for you, but I want to know more about what's happening to me. Now is Keanu a writer for them or is he yeah, just, he, oh. he's a, uh, he's a collaborator. Okay. Not like um, Gerard Way with the Umbrella Academy, where he's the actual no, no, writer. no. I think he's <coughs> as far as like the the book looks like it's just a he's a co-writer. Oh, this is interesting. Now the Berserker is spelled B R Z R K R. Yes, right? yes. Oh, so he's, he's, he says he's a, he's a writing credit. Mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent with Ron Garney as the illustrator. Yeah, it's it's a great series. Um, it's definitely like a departure from like your average comic book. Uh, it's you know definitely more mature. Uh, like it's of course very bloody. Um, and like it just follows him through these events, and then there are flashbacks in each book. Like uh, one of them flashes back to like when he was born. And they give you like a little hints. Oh, you know, his mother prayed to this God and then, you know, gave miraculous birth. Uh, this is how he like started growing into his powers. This is how he was used by his father to, you know, get uh, power. And uh, then there are other like little hints because, uh, you know, part of what's happening to him is that his memory doesn't isn't permanent so, so like as he, like memento or something like that uh it's you know it's not as extreme as that but okay. uh it does fade like his memory fades away and then it's just gone i, um, I just but, have to i have to i have to butt in real quick if people yeah, yeah. are super interested in comics I would definitely check out this Boom Studios because I am looking at their choice of uh, <laughs> of comics. They've got Adventure Time comics. They've got Angel comics. Ben Ten. They have a Big Trouble in Little China comic. Bill and Ted. Oh my gosh! They've got Clueless, Dune comics, Fraggle Rock, Firefly. Uh, what are some other good ones? Labyrinth, The Dark Crystal, a lot of Jim Henson stuff. I wonder what Klaus is about. I assume this is a Santa Claus thing. But yeah, I I, I would check out Boom Studios. Uh, personally, they've got a lot of things that I would be super interested in. Yeah, yeah a lot of these like little, um, or not little, but smaller 
publishers have really interesting books. And since they're not engaged in these like decades long characters, they can uh, do a little bit more with them. They can let the writers do a little bit more. They can have some stuff that allows it to go a little bit more of an interesting place because they don't have to protect that character's legacy. Uh, they can let that character die. They can let uh, new characters take over. They can let uh, more serious, heavy topics take place because they don't have to worry about, you know, Captain America, like, being a clean character. They need to stay that way. Yeah, this. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of very good choice material here. Is that a yeah. wet, wet, hot American summer? <laughs> That's great. Come on. Very interesting ones from them, yeah. They have some really good stuff. I I, I mean, I'm going to check them out for sure. I'm going to talk about one more small book before uh, I get to the big ones from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked about Vault Studios before. So Vault is another smaller publisher. Uh, the series um, that I've been reading from them is called Witchblood. It's really neat. It follows uh, this character, Yona, a witch that's centuries old. She's like like a hip character. She's got like a neat little Vespa, and uh, she's got blue hair, and like her main antagonists are uh, vampires. So it really details like the conflict between Yona and the vampires as she tries to find Sorry. the original witch talk about how uh witches and vampires are kind of two sides of the same coin that they both originate from um like the same source okay but are they bringing in things like werewolves and all that jazz too uh not that i've seen so far oh okay so interesting but yeah can't say that i've seen witches and vampires be the ones in popular culture mixed together so yeah there there are a couple different factions you've got the vampires you've got the witches um there's the like witch hunters and then there's the uh vampires that live in this city that lives in the clouds and it like travels with the clouds away from the sun okay this is really neat it's a really cool concept um and this is by this is by Vault. Vault, okay. This is Vault. Vault's really cool. It has, they have a lot of really unique books. Um, do a quick little uh, skirmish from Google here. See what they got. What's this one called? I'm uh, sorry. What was the name of it again? This is Witchblood. So the synopsis they have is a modern Wild West road trip about a witch named Yona crush, uh, Cruising. <laughs> The Southwest as a band of bloodthirsty biker vampires, the hounds of love, hunter scattered coven for the source of all magic, witch blood from the critically acclaimed creators of the modern witch tarot deck and long lost comes witch blood, a blend of action lore and Americana perfect for fans of Buffy and American gods. Vampire wasted space, witch blood. Here we go. Ah, interesting uh art style that they went with here yeah it's it's a bit cartoony 
but uh, it also has this really interesting effect on the story because it allows um, them to focus on the characters. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a little bit of Tank Girl. Do you remember Tank Girl? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. Just just straight up from the colors that they use to... the. I mean, the character herself is wearing a lot of stuff that I would see on... I would see on Tank Girl, personally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The crazy She's got haircut a, and stuff. A cheetah uh, neck band, bright pink. Um, uh, bright blue hair. Yeah, bright blue hair. She's driving a motorcycle on the very first art page that you could see. So clearly, it's a. I mean, it's a little bit like that. Not exactly, but in the same tone, at least. Yeah, and I assume that's Yana, right? The that character that I'm looking at, the one with the blue yes. hair. Yes, that's yeah, the one with blue hair. Yep. <coughs> and then that in that second page, you can see the like uh, the cowboy chick. Uh, mm. Um, that is one of the witch hunters. And what's with the bird? Um, that's her familiar. Oh, okay. So she's a witch. Yes. Uh, uh not the cowboy, Yona. It's yes. Yona's familiar. Yeah. I had a feeling since the the crow was attacking the cowboy in one of those uh one of those window panes. So that's interesting. And this one's by Matthew Ehrman. Artist is Lisa Sterl, colorist Gab Contreras, and Tim Daniel is the designer. Which blood? Which blood? Vault Comics. How much is it? Twenty dollars? Is it, are they all twenty dollars? No, it that that's uh, like the collection. Um, the individual uh, issues are like three, four bucks. I like to buy, I like to buy myself the whole volume. Yeah, yeah. I think um, this current volume is not over so the storyline that they're at right now i think has at least one more issue before it completely resolves mm -hmm. um i guess we'll see in the next issue hmm. uh but uh it's it's been a, a pretty wild ride for this uh arc i don't want to give away too much because this one is definitely like really worth reading as a pretty complex storyline each issue has some really nice little details to it so there are a couple of them where it'll tell you you know put on this song if you can and while you read the next couple pages yeah and it's cool it's definitely cool i mean i'm mm -hmm. definitely checking out boom studios because that one's got lots of stuff that i'm interested in yeah but and boom is great for like a lot of the things that are already like kind of canon across but are still relatively outside. I mean, uh, I would say that the, the Power Rangers lore really hasn't been explored very well outside of the <clears throat> outside of the show and even inside of the show it's it's like all over the place considering that they switch what kind of Power Rangers they are every every year or two. Yeah, I mean that that show I think is it's it's really just based around like the purpose of the rangers and like the like fun vibrant you know youthful energy uh of like the power rangers yeah like like sort of like my the theme. um the movie that they just came out with mhm mm that one was supposed to set up i would say a uh, standard lore 
a canon lore, if, if you will, to go in line with the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. If you're done explaining your comic books, I'm going to go over the one that I'm going oh, yeah, on right you, now. Uh, I mean, that's before we get into like the deep Marvel stuff, so you go ahead. All righty. Well, I'm, I'm reading a Marvel comic right now, number one, because uh, the new Thor Love and Thunder, the new Love and Thunder is coming out later this year. And the big bad villain is Gore the God Butcher. So I know nothing about Gore the God Butcher other than what I've read on the. I just have to say, if that movie doesn't have Korg in it, I'm going to be real mad. I'm pretty sure that they're going to bring back Valkyrie and Korg. I'm 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 almost positive that it was uh, directed by Taika Waititi. I'm going to look that up just to be on the safe side. Yeah. It's even got his name right underneath the cast as Korg. So, I know nothing about Gore the God Butcher, except what I've read in the Marvel Wiki. So I decided to pick up the, the Thor God of Thunder series. I've only got through Volume 1, which is, is uh, series issues 1 through 6. Um, this is um, Thor God of Thunder, written by Jason Aaron. So the first volume is called The God Butcher. Second volume is called The God Bomb. Third volume is The Accursed. Fourth volume is The Last Days of Midgard. Um, What's really interesting is that it goes over three different Thors. So one before uh, he ran into The God Butcher for the first time. Another a few hundred, maybe a few thousand years later. When he knows about the God Butcher and he, he's he's been hunting him for a little while, and he finds out that he's still alive, and then uh, old Thor, like really old Thor, this is thousands and thousands of years in the future, where Thor is the last god and he's the what stands between the abyss and uh, and Gore. Um, so far, they really haven't delved too far into his future self. And they've basically scratched the surface of what's happened so far. Spoiler alert a little bit. At some point in Thor's past, when he was a young man, naive and and into partying, he ran into Gore, and Gore tortured him to the point of exhaustion slash almost death. And then, a few thousand millennia later... Uh, a few thousand years later, uh, he finds out Gore's not dead after their encounter, and uh, he's killing gods again. So it's Thor going up against him. So I have no idea how much of this is going to be part of the actual movie, but I'd like to get in a little. Uh, there's only so much you can read and watch trailer wise before you get bored and you're like, oh god, I want the movie to be here already. So I'm sort of <laughs> putting myself into. A uh, Marvel phase by getting the getting the comic series, and it's actually very good. It's really well styled, actually. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the there's a really robust um, artist community for uh, Marvel. They have a really good uh, stable of artists, and they uh, every couple of years release um, a little thing about like new artists joining the team and what their things are but yeah i i would say if you're really super into thor um i would go back a while 
Um, because as you know, in the comic books, they kind of reboot things every couple of years just to keep things fresh. And um, I mean, they've got to. to to be able to like keep the th- like the thread on everything. Because honestly, once you get like more than five or six years in, you've got like a million different storylines that every character is involved in. And like, you know, you have one book where they're in our space, another one where they're on earth and another one where they're, you know, in another dimension. And it's like, mm-hmm. when is all this happening? And it just gets, it know, gets spaghetti. Com- convoluted and complex and you don't know how to keep it straight anymore. Right. So either they kill that character or <laughs> they make an event that changes something or they reboot the universe, which they've done at least two or three times in the past, like 10 years. (laughs) Um, But go back to the Avengers disassembled group of books and then follow Thor in new Avengers. After that really cool. Uh, Civil war, the original series, you can get that as a collection, um, really good collection. And then it'll lead into uh, an event called Siege. Siege, really, really cool. Uh, they're all really great storylines, so I'm not going to spoil much for them. Uh, but you really got to read them. And I would say Thor plays a really interesting role in Civil War. Um, you see a little bit more of that after that event. That's interesting because he didn't it, play it, any, any role in the MCU during Civil War. Right. Yeah, there's there's a very specific moment during Civil War that involves Thor uh, from the comic book uh, that leads to kind of like the almost the ending of those events. Uh, but I'm not gonna tell you what that is. You gotta read yeah, that collection. Don't spoil it. I've yeah, got pl- yeah. I got plenty of things on my wish list that I gotta get. Yeah. So I gotta finish. I still gotta finish volumes two, three, and four of this God of Thunder God Butcher. Okay. Yeah, you got a lot to catch up on. Yeah, I'm not spending the $60 to buy all three volumes. It's just crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, why, when you can just, you know, read one thing, get the next one. Yeah. Um, But, uh, okay, Thor. Uh, Yes. I'm I'm very interested to find out how they're going to play the God Butcher. Are they going to give him a small intro? into the movie, like a, a little bit of an origin story? Are they going to start with an origin story at the beginning of the movie? Well, I'm interested in how that's going to play into the multiverse, because is he just hunting this universe's pantheon of gods? Is he uh, some multiversal version of Gore the God Butcher that's I don't know. like traveling from reality to reality killing the gods? I mean, the multiverse is going to be Busted wide open, MCU. I mean, there's some nuts things happening with the multiverse in the comic books right now. So, uh, one of the series that's out right now uh, that deals a lot with the multiverse is uh, Avengers Forever. Mm -hmm. So, Avengers Forever um, starts with a group of Deathlocks appearing in uh, the Marvel 616 universe. That's the comic book horror universe, main canon universe. Um, Deathlocks, of course, are a uh, essentially a military zombie. That's the (laughs) the best. Well, if you remember from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. He was a cybernetic. Uh, I did forget that they were in that until you just said that. Yes, he was a cybernetic uh, warrior that was under the control slash influence of Hydra agents. All that jazz. Yeah, yeah. So you've got military zombie. Uh, They they come rolling in uh, looking for Avengers. They have a very specific message to get. But as they come in, this group of villains... um, that is made up of a green goblin that's throwing Ghost Rider heads as bombs. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, a red skull that has the Venom symbiote. Uh, let's see what else is in there. I'm sorry, say that one more time. What was that? Uh, a red skull that has the Venom symbiote. So he calls himself the Black Skull. What the fuck? Yep. Uh, there's also... A kid Thanos. Interesting. Yes. Uh, and then there is a Doom. That's the Sorcerer Supreme, I believe. Like a Doctor Doom who's the Sorcerer Supreme. Yes. Oh, wow. I love it when yeah. you do things like that. Crossovers. Yeah, so this, this series has a lot of really interesting takes on like the current characters which uh is always good it's always good to have something that's you know not quite uh what you expect with the day-to-day with these characters and so you get so it's really interesting you get uh stuff that's maybe like would require a complete reboot of the character otherwise Mm. But um, Avengers Forever, like if you're into the multiverse stuff, if you're loving uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home, uh, if you're excited for Multiverse of Madness, uh, Avengers Forever is a good one for a current uh, multiverse series. Um, that also bleeds into the core Avengers series that's going on right now. It's just Avengers, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that will also be uh, including the Eternals after book 10. My God. Yes. So like the, the, the current Marvel structure is to kind of like bring everything into the tie-in. So like yeah, you really want to follow the story, you got to get everything. I know. Uh, which, is, which is what Again, scares. a bit extreme, mostly because they do like a couple events every couple of months and it is a little bit tricky to kind of keep up with where things are. I know. That's sort of why I'm not into that many comics. I sort of just read the comics that I find interesting or find this someone. This is more recent. So uh, it back in the Avengers Disassembled time, they did like all these tie-ins, but it wasn't 100% necessary to get the tie-ins to get what was going on. I would say you also don't need to get the tie-ins to uh, know I mean, the story. I, I mean, you just miss out on extra stuff. When I read the the Secret Wars, the entire the whole series, the original mm. Secret Wars from the eighties, uh, I believe. That oh, one, okay. That one you didn't really need to read anything outside of that. You sort of just got where they were going with it and what was happening, which was nice. So well, I would say even like uh, the Civil War. You'll know everything that's going on there. You're just missing out on like the extra side stories, which yeah. are you know good for the most part. But I, I would say you don't need to read them. 
Um, Just like there's with the uh, switch over to DC here for a second with the Blackest Night series, the main storyline of that that whole thing was easy to follow. You knew what was going on. You weren't missing a whole lot. You probably were missing extra tangent storylines if you had to if you wanted to grab the extra like the Batman Blackest Night or um, the other uh, other characters versions of the Blackest Night. Is you didn't really have to have them to know what was going on, and the, the storyline at large really had nothing to do with it, which was nice. Yeah. It's always good if you can get just like the core story yeah. and uh, not have to worry about getting all these tie-ins. Yeah. Um, really I would say it's not hard to get the story from the current ones, but it does feel like you miss stuff, which mm-hmm. um, not like core things, but right. uh, you know stuff that would be interesting. So I think that's just their way of, being like, yeah, you can read this, but if you want more cool stuff, you can read all this stuff. I was going to say, if you want a little extra story, grab yeah. these ones, too. They which tie is, you in know. to the core story of what's going on, which is probably how it should be. Yeah. But don't make and it like, so, you know, so complex that it's hard to keep track of which ones you should be reading before the other ones that you should be reading. Right. And, like, there's a current one going on uh, right now. It's Devil's Reign. So it's Kingpin has become mayor of New York City. And he's trying to outlaw uh, superheroes. So we have another, like, Civil War type thing going on where they're apprehending superheroes. And they're even using some supervillains as, like, the police force to apprehend uh, the heroes. Superheroes. Yeah, and, like, you know, there are a bunch of times, of course, but, like, I only really care about things like um, X-Men and, like, uh, Moon Knight. And, uh, like, there's, you know, there's, like, a whole bunch of, like, four or five tie-ins that you could read. There's a, a Daredevil course series. I think there's Elektra as well. Um, and I, I'm not going to buy those. I, I really don't care. Um, I'm not a huge fan reading. of Daredevil in general, although... I really like the guy who plays him uh, now. In uh, Charlie Cox. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, it's an interesting story in itself, so it's worth buying the core book. But, uh, yeah, I, I only got the X-Men tie-in and the uh, Moon Knight tie-in. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Moon Knight, Moon Knight has a current... Uh, series going on right now uh that's pretty interesting so uh earlier this year uh moon knight at the behest of his god khonshu the god of the moon Mm -hmm. uh actually defeated the avengers and took their powers and was getting the world ready to fight mephisto now he eventually turned on his god, uh, but he he did defeat most of the Avengers. Who is this? The moon, this is Moon Knight himself, not yeah, not Mark Specter. Yeah, uh, Moon Knight. Um, so like this this character has gone through so many different changes, even since 
like the early 2000s, uh, which had a really good uh, storyline from Charlie Houston. Mm -hmm. So I would say go back and read that one for sure. Uh, You can find those collections uh, definitely on like the Google Play Store. So I would read those. Um, But this current one, focusing on him and his struggle with mental health, as he does have uh, DID, so Dissociative Identity Disorder, mm-hmm. uh, where they'll literally take control and they'll be like a totally different uh, person, totally different Moon Knight. Um, so I think his his current uh, Mark Spector goes by Mr. Knight and he wears a white suit with like a simple white cloth uh, balaclava yeah. that covers like his entire face so um, so, is that, so I've uh, recently watched a lot of the Doom Patrols is there anything like Crazy Jane's character where she'll change personalities and have completely different powers no okay. so it'll change it'll change his personality completely but his powers are roughly the same okay uh, so he's just you know he especially during the night he is Enhanced strength, enhanced agility, uh, more resilient. But he is, I would say, ultimately on par or slightly weaker than Captain America. Okay. Uh, but uh, his character... That's, as, that's, that's the current Marvel comic version of, yes. of Moon Knight. We have no the, idea. The comic the, book version. We have no idea it's how the not, MCU is going to handle the... the right. It's not movie. clear from the trailers exactly how strong this Moon Knight's going to be, um, you know, what they're going to do with him. Because as we've seen with the trailer for Miss Marvel, they did change her powers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see exactly what they are doing with him. Um, because Mer- the character Moon Knight himself started as a villain in his first issue mm-hmm. and then was so popular that they changed the story uh, by the second issue to make him at least an anti-hero. Yeah. Uh, now back to that Charlie Houston uh, series. Uh, and dude is straight up carving uh, a moon symbol into criminals' heads. <laughs> um, and uh, there is definitely like at least one scene where like the Avengers like, dude, you can't just please don't do that. <laughs> and he's like, well, I can't promise you anything. Um, I can't promise that I won't decide. Yeah. I don't want to carve into his head. Well, like his his story is just like like fucked up thing to fucked up thing. It's it's literally um he was a mercenary in the Middle East uh, that ultimately he got turned on by one of the members of his crew, uh, ends up dying in this cave at the foot of the statue. And then the God Kanshu resurrects him as the fist of Kanshu, his moon knight, um, which happens a couple times, um, throughout the books. Uh, and you know, that contributes to his, uh, you know, mental state. Mm-hmm. So it, he has he has three main personalities that he goes through. There's the the rich guy, the cabbie, and then uh, Mark Spector, the mercenary. Um, and they're so as far as I know in the in the show they're calling him Mark Spector slash Stephen something or other. 
in a show. Yeah. I can't remember. Hold on, give me a second. I'm going to yeah. look that up. Dude, do it. Do it quick. You, you do it, Lee. So, he's going to go by Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant. Yeah, Stephen Grant is the the rich guy. Okay. His rich guy personality. Okay. Um yeah, so that there's there's multiple storylines throughout Moon Knight where it goes through, you know, did this actually happen? Is this real? Does he really have powers? Is he really a superhero? Does he really have DID? Uh you know, what part of this story is true and it makes you like question what the reality of the situation is and then I mean, there are more straightforward books where it's like yes he does have powers he's a superhero but he's kind of fucked up it's kind of messed up in the head a little bit yeah think of it as batman with more severe mental issues i mean that's that in and of itself is a whole mess of things let's yeah. i mean let's take it let's take a quick second to say that uh Gaspard Julio, the guy who's going to play Midnight Man in Moon Knight, did pass away this past year. Shortly mm-hmm. after he finished uh, filming for Moon Knight. That, that's unfortunate. That Midnight is... Man, the character himself, it doesn't show up in the comic books that often. Okay, so it's he's a not... fairly small character. Um, they may have been setting him up to take over. Uh, so in the current series, uh, a second fist of Kanshu shows up, uh, who calls himself Hunter Moon, um, and is a, a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have been setting that up. Uh, but that's that is unfortunate. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of deaths in the MCU this this past year. Chadwick Boseman, Gaspard Julio, uh, William Hurt just recently passed. Oh no, I didn't hear that. The guy who played the general, I can't remember his name. Well, he's a well known actor. Yes. Very very well known actor. Yeah, Lost in Space, um, The Incredible Hulk. No, that's too bad. Yeah. He was a very good actor. Yes, he is. And I think that, like, all this talent lost this year, um, just, it's, oh. it's a shame. It was less than a week ago he died. Oh. That is some, that's some sad stuff. Yeah, some sad it, stuff. it'll be interesting to see where they go with um, Black Panther because there's no replacing Chadwick Boseman. He was and they've already said they're not living going embodiment to. of that. He was as good a choice as, as uh, I think Chris Evans was for Captain America. And yes. even I mean yes. they spot on. You have to say spot on choices for characters that are already well established, have decades of history in comic books, and these people who are in charge of casting for the MCU are like, hold my beer. I got this. Right out of the gate, they've got uh, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. Honestly, couldn't see anyone else playing Iron Man. Now, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty on that one, but I, I honestly couldn't see anybody 
picking up that mantle and, and saying he their Iron Man. Oh, Chris Evans as Captain America. Honestly, I know that they're they, they're switching the Falcon to Captain America for Captain America Four. Mm-hmm. But yep, the original embodiment of Captain America, Chris Evans was like a spot on choice. I think. It well, was... it, the comic books have tried to replace Captain America a couple different times. Um, with the most notable first one being Captain America's uh, or Steve Rogers' divorce from the character Captain America, where he decides he can't um, continue to to stand for like what America was going for at that time, and you know took up the mantle of nomad to to fight for what was right. Um, nice. And then recently, in that same like kind of Avengers disassembled period, and a couple of years after. Uh, they tried to have both Sam Wilson and Bucky uh, take over the mantle of Captain America. And I think at one point they were both acting as Captain America. Um, That's sort of how they followed it at this and point And I don't time. know if it was due to just the lack of sales for those books or if they couldn't just let Steve Rogers go. Uh, but they did bring back Captain America in um, Captain America Rebirth. Um, I believe I, I'm actually familiar with that particular comic book series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's a good one. You should read that for sure. Um, but yeah, no. But, yeah, I mean, obviously he is reborn because that's the, the title of the book. Yeah. Um, Spot on casting. We just have to go yeah. with that for the MCU. Like, bravo. And they, they have done really good, interesting storylines with Captain America. I just think at this point, like, we're decades past the creation of that character. And, yeah, he's gone through changes. And the necessity of that. Become more creations. relevant. But, you know, I think at this point, you know, when do you let a character go <laughs> so you can bring something new? Or let that character switch to something completely different. Right. Like, they let him switch over to the Nomad because he wasn't interested. Maybe it's time for him to turn into, I don't know. Well, I think, I, I, you know, I don't know the, the motivation of the editors or publishers or the writers. But, it, you know, eventually he went back to the Captain America, um, you know, a couple books later. Again, maybe, like, it just didn't maybe land with people. Oh, it's possible. They weren't getting the sales they were hoping for. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. well it, it was it's... harder during that time, too, because they weren't a multi, you know, they weren't part of Disney. They weren't a multi-billion dollar company. They were, you know, struggling to, like, sell books, day of so flow. So they were probably looking for any and anything, everything and anything that they could possibly come up with. Well, yeah, they, they can't the canon. allow a, a character that's driving sales to, you know, stop driving sales without having a replacement. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that's probably good enough on the books for right now. I mean, yeah. Unless you've got another one. No, no, not at the moment. I think we've gone over everything that we should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that we can save this for the next uh, episode. We'll come up with a couple yeah. more books that are. are... On the nice so next, 
next time i want to talk about x-men because x-men has a lot of really cool stuff going on uh also it's probably a good time to get them involved because the mcu will most likely be involving them very soon i know it, it's it's literally so exciting for me i'm so excited i know but i'm gonna save that excitement for the next time we talk about it yes we will uh we will uh unfortunately release that excitement all over you uh, all over your ear holes, all over your brains. So uh, prepare those ear holes. Get ready. We're gonna we're gonna come at you. Come at you hard. Well, That's I think crazy. Uh, I think we're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, hope that our droning was interesting and that you found some good information in there. Definitely, like pick up those books if you can. Uh, you can find them on uh, different uh, sites. So there's Personally, Google I go Play, Google Play Books, Google Play. You can actually like uh, download the Marvel app directly and read them off of there. Can't you? You can sign you up. Can. For, you can sign up for a uh, what is it called? Isn't there a subscription service you can sign up with Marvel where yes. you can read yeah, anything and everything that they have? It it should be right through that app. Um, I don't know if DC has the same thing. I'm sure they do. Uh, there's Comixology. Uh, there are lots of options for how you read comics. I, of course, uh, prefer to have the physical version. There's nothing like a new comic book in your hands. So if you have a local comic book shop, you make sure that you visit them and so, give them so your... So what you're saying is currently we're sponsored by the feeling of a good book in hand. The feeling, the feeling of a good book in hand is what I'm talking about right now, and I am going to plug for uh, the That's local bookshop I go to, uh, Empire Comics. Uh, they're fantastic. They're a great bookshop in Buffalo. Uh, if you are able to get to that store, make sure you do so. Uh, great owners, great selection, really, really great place. Feel of a good book, everyone. That's our sponsor for tonight. The feel of a book. <laughs> the brush of paper against your fingers. The nice. smell of wood pulp. <laughs> nice. So catch us uh, catch us next sun this Sunday for our next episode of Stargate Sundays. Yeah, Stargate. Where we go over the enemy within. Ooh. Episode two. Is this your favorite episode? I hate this episode. <laughs> it's not until like episode five or six that I'm really into the series. Like these are the first, okay. the first few are not great. We will struggle through struggle the hard enemy within right through the enemy within emancipation, which I did learn is the lowest rated episode of the series. So but we'll get, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I will wish you all uh, seven days to rock and stone. Rock and stone. Talk to you later. Bye.